If you've listened to more than one of these podcasts, you notice that I make frequent reference to Karl von Clausewitz. Now, you might ask, who is this guy, and why is what he wrote important to modern warfare? I'll answer those questions in this episode of The Ancient Art of Modern Warfare. Welcome to The Ancient Art of Modern Warfare. I'm Chris Mayer, retired U.S. Cavalry Colonel and former instructor for the Army's Command and General Staff College. The primary purpose of these podcasts is to provide information I think every citizen should understand to participate in deliberations about war, not quite war, and what is necessary to end wars. I think that a key part of that is to understand what is enduring about war and not to get sidetracked by others who think that modern weapons and use or misuse of those weapons change war's fundamental characteristics. For example, the use of armed drones is a new development, but I would argue it doesn't change the fundamental principles of war. And to make this point, I use military thinkers of past centuries who were able to maintain that distinction, separating enduring principles of war from the weapons and tactics of their time. Prominent among these were Sun Tzu, a Chinese general who lived about 500 BC, and Karl von Clausewitz, a German, or rather a Prussian officer, who fought in the Napoleonic Wars, taught military strategy to the future emperor of a united Germany, and whose magnum opus, on war is used as a textbook for senior military officers in the United States, many Western forces, as well as Russia and China. But who was he, and why do his ideas have so much influence? Karl Philipp Gottfried von Clausewitz was born in 1780 to a Prussian bureaucrat who claimed to be a minor noble, yet Clausewitz was able to rise in the Prussian army from cadet to major general, become the director of the Prussian War Academy, and write numerous papers that have influenced war and peace across the world for two centuries. As a young officer in the Prussian army during the Napoleonic Wars, Clausewitz saw that the Prussian system established by Frederick the Great was still effective at tactical level against the forces of revolutionary France, but it was insufficient to achieve any great victories against those forces. This led him to believe that no one system was right to the exclusion of others. This ran against military theorists of his time, including Jomini, whose thoughts became popular in the pre-Civil War U.S. Army. As means and methods of war changed from small professional armies to huge armies of conscripted soldiers with frequent battles and tremendous loss of life, Clausewitz saw that war was not an end in itself, but was only successful when it was used as a tool of policy to achieve a political purpose. This idea was embodied by Napoleon himself and was missing among other military leaders. And I think we can continue to see this loss of perspective in some wars from then to the present day. In 1803, Clausewitz went to the newly established Prussian War College under the direction of another amazing officer, Gerhard von Scharnhorst. Scharnhorst encouraged independence of thought and believed in military meritocracy rather than authority by aristocracy. During this time and in later staff assignments, Clausewitz wrote historical studies of military campaigns and leaders. He was a principal assistant to Scharnhorst in reforming the Prussian army after the disasters of the battles of Jena and Arostadt. When Prussia was forced into an alliance with France to invade Russia, Clausewitz left Prussian service and became a colonel in the Imperial Russian Army. He fought at the Battle of Borodino and helped negotiate the defection of the Prussian army from France to fight on the side of Russia and Great Britain. Later, he fought at the Battle of Wavre during the Waterloo Campaign, where 7,000 Prussian soldiers blocked 33,000 French troops from being able to reinforce Napoleon at Waterloo. 
This battle ended in a tactical victory by the French as the Prussians fell back, but it was a strategic defeat for the French for lack of these forces at Waterloo. This concept of tactical defeat possibly leading to strategic victory was reflected in Clausewitz's later writings on the purpose of an engagement. After the wars, Clausewitz became director of the War College, providing time to write and teach. One of his students was the young Helmut von Moltke, future chief of the Imperial General Staff. I covered Clausewitz's influence on von Moltke in episode 47. The important part is that because of Prussian and German victories under Moltke, Clausewitz's work became known throughout the military world and continues to influence military thinking today. What made Clausewitz's perspective on war different from other military theorists of his time was that he did not believe that Napoleon's style of warfare fundamentally changed war itself. Instead, he looked at the campaigns of Caesar, the Thirty Years' War, Frederick the Great, and others to separate out elements peculiar to each time and circumstance and to draw out the essential and timeless features of war. Clausewitz's thinking seemed to reflect other Enlightenment thinkers of his time, including Kant's particular philosophy of idealism. Clausewitz proposed an ideal form of war and battles, and then identified how real war would always fall short of that ideal, principally because war is fought by human beings. Now, not everyone is a fan of Clausewitz. He is difficult to read. His style reflects early 19th century Enlightenment philosophy. Many people misunderstand his logic, believing that he advocated ideal or total war rather than understanding his ideal war was a philosophical construct and not a goal to aspire to. There are also times where he applies his thinking to practical problems faced by 19th century armies. Again, some people then seem to take this as limiting his thinking to 19th century warfare rather than as an application of enduring concepts of war to that particular moment in time. I should also mention those who profess preference for Sun Tzu over Clausewitz, but I don't have time to go into that here. Some of the ideas first introduced by Clausewitz include the concept of strategic art and the distinction between tactics and strategy, that war is fundamentally a human endeavor, regardless of weaponry or other technology, the role of the people in war, a description of citizens' war, what we would call today insurgent warfare, and the conditions necessary for it to exist and for it to succeed the notion of centers of gravity, and the essential unpredictability of war captured in his sentence, so long as I have not defeated the enemy, there is a chance that he might yet defeat me. Of course, there is also his most famous and most misquoted idea that war is a continuation of policy with the addition of other means. Perhaps Clausewitz's greatest achievement was marrying Marie, Countess von Brühl, lady-in-waiting to Princess Charlotte of Prussia. He met her while a student at the War College and overcame her family's reluctance to marrying beneath her station. Karl was devoted to Marie and Marie to him. She became his collaborator and greatest advocate. Marie interceded for him when he fell out of favor with the king. More importantly, Marie collaborated on many of his papers and helped him shape abstract ideas into concrete thoughts. What we now know as On War was incomplete when Clausewitz died, perhaps with only the first third in any sort of coherent structure. It was Marie who was the driving force turning his unfinished notes into a finished work. After Clausewitz's death, Marie also became the tutor to the future German Emperor Frederick III. Her devotion to her husband and his work must certainly have influenced the young future monarch. So, happy Valentine's Day to Karl and Marie. 
It is Clausewitz's identification of enduring principles of war apart from particular times and circumstance, yet applicable across time and circumstances which make him relevant today. It is what makes him the preferred philosopher of the U.S. Army's War College and the foundation for Russian and Chinese military thinking. It also means that you will continue to hear me bring out his ideas to help you understand the ancient art of modern warfare.